0: Hi guys, this is Nicole Law from Tales from the Loop, and you're listening to Thinking Outside
1: the Long Box.
0: Hey, everybody, welcome to this episode of Thinking Outside the Long Box. As usual, I am your interviewer, Gabe, and today I am talking to, you know, a a man that in many ways has become a fandom legend. I am, of course, talking with Jim Beaver, who is Bobby Singer on Supernatural, as well as uh, Secretary of Defense Robert Singer on The Boys. (laughs) So, uh, Mr. Beaver, how are you this evening, sir?
1: (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm fine. I am. Although when somebody says Mr. Beaver, I figure they're talking about my dance. So. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just, Jim <laughs> it's, it's not a,
0: it's not a critique on age. It's just a habit.
1: <laughs> well, I, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing well considering, uh, you know, the, the state of the nation state of the world. Right. So obviously,
0: um, we you know asked you to be on the show because we just did a four episode series uh kind of covering the entire run of Supernatural Uh Um, because you know this year Supernatural ended it as a series with its 15th season yeah yeah did they not tell you
1: no I I, (laughs) well I'm I'm only only up to middle of season two so uh (laughs) Haven't been paying close attention.
0: So, you know, as as it draws to a close, we get to see the return of of you and some brief moments, you know, in the the ultimate episode, you know, kind of the end of a series. And I guess looking back on kind of what this has become, you know, how it's gone from just kind of like a monster of the week show to like this amazing fandom and amazing kind of body of work. You know, what are some of the things that, that, you know, it, it brought up in you to, to work on that last episode?
1: Well, it, the, um, the experience of doing the final episode was diluted in a way because of all the restrictions we had on us because of uh, COVID-19 and as unhappy as I am about the pandemic, I was particularly unhappy that it kind of took attention away from the ability to fully engage with the final episode of the show. You know, it restricted things like hanging out as closely with one's friends on the set and, uh, uh, it made saying goodbye to everybody a little more difficult, a little more complicated. But it was it was a real pleasure to to be back and to be there for the final episode. I started out in the final episode of season one and ended up in the final episode of season 15. I don't know if that means anything, but I'm very proud of the fact that I was there all the way through. It was the entire experience was very rich. Um, the experience of the final episode was so bittersweet. It was, you know, when you work in series television, you know, it's going to end because it always does. Even if it takes 25 years, it ends. Right. Um, Except for uh, the
0: Simpsons, apparently.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. But, uh, you know, they're, um, they're drawn a slightly different way. Um, and I guess there are exceptions, but uh, knowing it was going to end someday is a very different thing from knowing it's going to end today. And um, I was there on the very last day of shooting. It was, it was a powerfully emotional experience. It was great fun, as always, when we were actually doing the work. It's always uh, a joy working with that cast and crew. So in in some ways, it was just another day at work on Supernatural in that we had a great time together and we did interesting work. Uh, we had fun doing it. But on the other hand, there was this knowledge of uh, as soon as they wrap this scene, they have wrapped me forever. It's uh, it's not exactly like being in the death house waiting for the long walk, but it, it felt a little less, only a little less negative than that. <laughs> uh, it was, it was a very teary day. A lot of us were, uh, were deeply moved by the experience and, uh, and deeply regretful of having to leave, leave each other. I've never worked with, I've never worked with anyone as long as I've worked with the crew on Supernatural. And, uh, while there are actors I've worked with and known for many, many years, I've never actually been on set with the same bunch of people for anywhere near this long. And that, if they're as good a bunch as these guys are, that makes them family. To sort of wander off in all directions, thinking maybe we'll see each other again someday, is a really affecting and... and um melancholy kind of thing but um, we had a good time and I think um, I think we did real justice to what the show uh, set out to be which was not just an adventure but the story of people who wanted something wanted to be a force for good in the world and who had different ways of approaching that and different ways of wanting it to turn out, but who all came together as real family and as family of choice to um, accomplish the goal of making the world a better place. I think pretty much everybody among the principal characters got what they really wanted in life. And I was very proud of the final episode. I was very proud of the show and the direction it took all along. So um, with the possible exception of getting killed off in season seven, (laughs) I might have talked them out of that if I could have.
0: (laughs) You know, uh, when Supernatural first started, my daughter was, uh, my oldest daughter was about three or four years old. So she literally 38 now, right? <laughs> no, she's, she's just 18, <laughs> but she, she's spent her whole life effectively watching supernatural. So, you know, and I, I sat with her because, you know, I'm the horror dork in the house, you know, I'm the one that originally wanted to watch the show. Uh, and watching the last season, it seemed like such a perfect coda of, you know, the way Dean passes versus the way Sam passes, wow. you know, and then that, that scene of, you know, Sam aging while Dean drives, you know, when when you first saw that episode, like, I, ca- I can't imagine that it didn't just absolutely almost crush you. Like, I I was crying like a, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would, I lost it. You, know it's, it's well, you know, it's 15 years of my life.
1: <laughs> it's interesting. Reading the script is always a different experience from seeing it. I thought it was, um, I thought it was a very good script and, and uh, well put together, well thought out, but seeing it on my TV screen was uh, a much more emotional experience uh, than, than simply reading it, because when you're reading it, for one thing, you don't, get, you don't get performance. You don't get, I mean, watching Jared and Jensen in their final earthly scene together was really, really powerful stuff. And uh, you can sort of imagine that when you're reading it, but th- there's nothing like seeing scenes like that done well. Frankly, I was uh, when I read the material for what I was going to do in the episode, I thought, well, this is pretty good. It's, uh, I might have juiced it up a little bit. But then when I, we did it and when I saw it, I realized, no, this is juiced up enough. This is, this is just what it needed. There's always something about the performance of it that changes how it read on the page. And if you're lucky, it changes it for the good. You know, all along the run of the show, uh, ever since Bobby became a major character on the show, there have always been times when I've had ideas about really interesting things that they could do with Bobby. And I have to keep reminding myself myself that it's not the Bobby Singer show. And I I did indeed hope that there would be a little more to do in the final episode. And my understanding to me the real jit for all of us associated with this show is that because of the pandemic, we weren't able to film the final episode the way it was originally planned, mm-hmm. which I think would have blown minds everywhere in a very good way. But I know that I would have had a little more to do and a lot of other people would have had something to do. And it was unfortunate that circumstances uh, shut down a lot of those plans, because I was, I spent, I spent something like March to September, kind of drooling over what I thought they were going to do. And knowing as, as the pandemic lingered on that we probably weren't going to get to do it. I won't, describe what was in the plans, but at some point, I, uh, I suspect somebody will, if they haven't already, and then right. I'll feel a little freer to talk about it. But, you know, it was, it, it was an honor to be back at the end, mm-hmm. not only back at the end, but back in my original guise uh, as Bobby, and uh, as much fun as I had playing the alternate universe version... I much preferred playing original Bobby, and and playing the emotions and relationship he has with Sam and Dean, and uh, I was I was very happy to get one last shot at that. So,
0: that's
1: awesome. um, Yeah, it was.
0: So, so much of the show takes place in you know, like little backwaters and hamlets and like rural America. Like, was that an intentional, like, do you know if that was an intentional, like, thing to kind of almost, like, write this love letter to, like, those, you know, I-80 in Iowa or, you know, the old Route 66. Like, so much of the show feels like that road trip through Nebraska kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, it, um, well, I've driven through Nebraska, and I, I hope we're more adventurous than <laughs> a road trip like that would be. Simply because, uh, you know, I like, I like a road that turns every once in a while. Yeah,
0: same here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but, you know, as you know, the, the, the show was, was pitched as, as Route 66 with monsters. Mm-hmm. And not everybody who watches the show is old enough to remember the old Route 66 show. But that's what it was. It was two guys driving around the country having uh, various adventures. And I think that was, I, I've never heard Eric describe it in quite the terms you did, but I think that's probably it. I think there's something wonderful about a road trip. Mm-hmm. And we got a 15-year road trip. Yeah. About the only places in the country I think we didn't get to visit were the desert southwest because it's hard to come up with that in Vancouver yeah. where we shoot. <laughs> so uh, like I said, there's something there's something wonderful about a road trip. and I love road trip movies this was one of the things that always, that was always fun for me was when I would get a script, it would be to open it up and find out where does this one take place? I knew we'd all be within, you know, a 10 mile radius of Vancouver, but in our imaginations, um, you know, okay, this week we're in Minnesota next week we're in Kansas. I had a lot of fun with that. I don't know if it was, if it was planned, you know, as, as you say, as a valentine to um, the whole country that way. But it sure worked out that way.
0: <laughs> I do love that the highways and byways of rural America are, are in Canada. <laughs> I've always
1: yeah, thought that was really yeah. funny. <laughs> it's, so, um, it limited us some, but um, because not all of the United States is covered in northern rainforests. Right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And not all of the United States rains nine months out of the year. So
0: <laughs> a lot of a lot of episodes in Seattle.
1: <laughs> yeah. And a lot of a lot of wearing short sleeves in the winter in Canada, pretending it's the summer in Florida. <laughs>
0: that
1: yeah. was that was a downside.
0: <laughs> I can imagine. So I would be a little remiss if I didn't bring up uh, the Boys, uh, you know, our show centers around comic books and like, you know, the media that's created from comic books. And so The Boys being this Amazon show that is, you know, based on, you know, kind of a long running comic book. You had the opportunity to play secretary of defense, Robert Singer, which I love that joke that it's you're the same guy effectively. But what was what was the experience of uh, working on The Boys like?
1: Well, it's. Um... You know, it's been it's been great. It's working with Eric again. It's working with Phil Segretia, who I've I've known for oh, on, over the course of three or four series now, and uh, uh, including Supernatural. It's so far, it's been kind of a functionary role in that there's not a lot of delving into my character's backstory or uh, personal life, although some of that's about to change. I've I've only I've only worked with three or four different actors on the show, and uh, despite the huge cast, so there are a lot of people on the show I, I haven't even met, which is kind of unusual considering uh, we're getting ready to do the third season. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, I love the show. When I when I heard I was going to be on it, I thought, okay, well who knows what this will be once i once i saw what it was i was thrilled it's it's very much my kind of show uh i uh, i like over the top your reverence and uh <laughs> and this one's got it in spades yeah,
0: yes it does uh, it's it's one of the the more entertaining comic book adaptations i think we've seen yeah. in the last last few years <laughs> it it's, it
1: cracks me up every time <laughs> yeah it's uh it's a little disturbing uh (laughs) in in good ways and bad in the the, in the bad it's disturbing in that it reflects an awful lot of negative things going on in the world these days and i think that uh you don't have to look too hard for metaphors uh, (laughs) yeah Uh, but it's also um i think it's really got its heart in the right place and uh you know there's nothing that makes the medicine go down quite as well as exploding heads. <laughs> so uh, I'm really looking forward to uh to to coming back. I just found out that uh just found out yesterday that this this Robert Singer is uh also from South Dakota. So uh <laughs> the uh uh the the, the echoes continue you know I don't know I uh Eric Kripke has has um not to toot my own horn but he has gone on record as saying that he won't ever do a show without me that's some job security <laughs> that's pretty nice you know as long as he keeps getting jobs to <laughs> bring me aboard I'm I'm starting to wonder if I'm going to have to play Bob Singer every single time <laughs> I work for him. uh it should be uh it should be a great season. I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really looking forward to, to doing a little bit more than just secretary of defense stuff. Yeah. Uh, And there's some interesting stuff coming. Uh, I'm very excited to
0: see it. Like the boys is a, is now a perennial favorite on our show. So it, it, it scratches a lot of the itches that we have. Like you said, medicine goes down better with exploding heads, which is officially a quote now. (laughs) (laughs) So as, as we're kind of wrapping up the episode, what are some of the things, you know, you have season three of the boys coming? I know with, you know, the pandemic, everything kind of shut down. So Mm -hmm. some people are still kind of in limbo with some of the stuff that they have coming out or projects that they've jumped onto, but what are some of the things that we can look forward to from you?
1: Well, I, um, I just finished shooting, uh, my second film with Guillermo del Toro, Mm -hmm. um, which is uh, called Nightmare Alley. It's a uh, it's a new version of the 1947 Tyrone Power film. Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett and uh, uh, a whole passel of uh, other well known actors are in it. And uh, I was lucky enough to get asked to be part of it myself. Um, my understanding is that that'll be coming out in about a year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Other than the boys, I don't have anything on the books. It's um, it's a weird time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that there are a lot of places I would probably be working right now or soon if things weren't in such a crazy state uh, around the world. But work is, is ramping up. Uh, there are a lot of things in production, but They're a lot more expensive to do because of the protocols everybody has to take. And, uh, and they're, they're slower because of that. And, uh, and there aren't as many. So, uh, while I don't have any doubts that I will be working on something else soon, in addition to the boys, I have no idea what, and, uh, I just hope I'm not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And I
0: see that your shirt, has a title on it with your name under it. Can you tell us a little bit oh, about that?
1: Oh, Oh, I didn't know you could see that. Yeah. It I, I would not have been brag ragging here.
0: Oh, that's okay. I'm, I'm wearing my company's hoodie. You just can't tell. Cause it's on the back. Oh,
1: <laughs> I was just, I was just letting the title show. I didn't realize my own name showed up under. it. That's just, no, that's uh this is a shirt from uh, a production of a play. I wrote called oh. Vertigrees, and, um, this particular production was in uh, Illinois a few years ago. So, that's uh, awesome.
0: I'm going to have to look that up.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that, that play was kind of uh, the thing that got me started in the business. Uh, first production in L.A. back in 1985 got me a big agent, which got me jobs writing television, which got me jobs acting. And here we are.
0: Nice. And now you're talking to some dude that's in his basement.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's my audience.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jim, can you let our fans know like how they can keep track of what's going on with you? You know, any social media that you
1: have? I'm on Facebook. Uh, I've got a, I've got a page there. I'm on Instagram. I'm at the moment. I'm off Twitter. I'm debating whether or not to go back. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I've always tried to be accessible on uh social media and sometimes it bites me and sometimes I feel the need to take a break and <laughs> I, uh and I can cool imagine. my own jets. And uh but um I don't know, I may be back I may be back on Twitter, but I am I I I keep pretty close tabs to my uh Facebook page and uh um, so you can always find me there, you know, probably uh where wherever cheap entertainment is sold.
0: well jim thank you so much for being on our show we we truly appreciate it you know from from a grown man that you made cry i I i truly appreciate you know what you all created with the show like it was it was genuinely an amazing experience and while it's over and you know i i will be able to look back on it with fondness forever like I think there's, I'm not alone in being one of the people that just has to say, thank you very much back, you know, after
1: the episode. So (laughs) thank you. I I appreciate that. I have a lot more history making women cry, but um, (laughs) I I, I appreciate the cinema. And I, I will tell you that it's been one of the great honors of my life to be on a show that allows me to interact so frequently with such great people as the fans of that show are
0: That's so
1: awesome <laughs> um, it's been a it's been a real pleasure
0: The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is made available by its creators, Juan, John, and Gabe. The podcast is edited and produced by Juan, and Albi is the co-executive producer.
1: The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is a Barron Space production.